Well, it's a complete honor to be with you here this Sunday, and just thank you so much to Ben for making space uh, for me. As we just said, we've had hope, we've had love, we've had peace, and it fell on me to talk about joy. And to be honest, I think that's a little bit tricky in these times, <laughs> because what we're going to talk about today, first of all, is what joy is not. Kind of the, the lies that we have fallen into in our culture, the pressure that we put on ourselves as Christians, but even just generally as Americans. But then we're also going to look at Mary. Like, how did she encounter joy? What did Mary do that was different? And then finally, how do we actually encounter true joy? But before I start, let's play today's reading. Hey all, today's reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Okay, so the first thing I want to address is what joy is not. There is a classic American film called The Lego Movie. And in The Lego Movie, there is a song, Everything is Awesome. And whether we like it or not, we have kind of taken that on ourselves like it's something biblical, like it's something we find in the Psalms. Like it's something like, everything is awesome. My life is what, praise God, praise God. We've got, it's COVID, praise God. And as Christians, we can put up this, we, we take scriptures out of context. We can take scriptures like Philippians 4, which says, rejoice always. And, it's not easy to rejoice in these times. Like even right now in the UK, they've even upped it even higher with a new tier four where people who are expecting to travel next week for Christmas have been told, no, you are not allowed to leave your house. This is a time where people are really having to deal with bad news, not just their own personal bad news, but there's been job losses. There's been so much pressure on marriages. There's been so much pressure on schooling. Any homeschoolers there? I have just, my, this is my child's iPad because we've been doing the virtual stuff. Super fun people. And it's been a real time of just pressure. And we unintentionally perpetuate this lie that everything has to be awesome because we're Christians. But because we want to obey his word and we want to be pleasing to God, we, we're rejoicing and we're thanking and we're moving forward. But the thing is, faking it till you make it is not scriptural. It is not found anywhere in the word. And actually what faking it does is it creates barriers. Don't come anywhere near me because if you really get to know me, you'll see that I'm actually truly struggling. Actually, I'm not doing well. And this is when depression, suicide, divorce, addiction, all these things that we don't like to talk about but they're exacerbated, when we see all these Christian ministers fall, and we're like, well, you know, we can stand and judge, but truthfully, it was because they, had, they created a barrier, because they had to make everything awesome. And the everything is awesome is one of the biggest robbers from the church. It's one of the biggest robbers from our souls. So what is joy? In Ezekiel, going back to the Old Testament, there was a prophecy where God said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and a heart of flesh. You see, we have been created to feel. 
and God has given us a new heart. It wasn't I will give you a new to-do list. It wasn't I will give you a new way of thinking. It was a new heart. And if we are actually going to be in community with one another, if we're going to be even in community with our spouse, if we're actually going to be in community with Jesus, we have to be a people who quit putting the plastic face up, who quit putting the, everything's awesome, everything's fantastic. No, I'm fine, brother, I'm fine, everything's good. Like, I think about it, it's like, we love to watch like the housewives of Orange County, or the Kardashians, secretly, we all do. But how many of us really want them to be our friends? How many of us are like, you know what, I would love to take Kim for dinner. You know, it's not one of the, we, we don't really actually want to engage with plastic. We love the real. We actually truthfully love honesty. And, you know, in marriage, obviously I've never tried this because I'm so holy, but, you know, you, you can't put on a, everything's fine. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm not mad with you. I'm, that prevents intimacy. That prevents friendship. That prevents connection. And we cannot have relationships, meaningful relationships, even with one another, if we're not being real. I am a huge, huge fan of Brené Brown. And if you don't know who Brené Brown is, she is this academic, she's a researcher, she is a, a social worker out of Austin, um, Houston, Texas. And she has done all this research and written brilliant books on uh, daring greatly, the art of vulnerability. She's, she's all about connection and she puts language to so much of what we've talked about in the church. And she says, daring greatly means the courage to be vulnerable. It means to show up and be seen, to ask for what you need, to talk about how you're feeling, to have the hard conversations. If we really are going to be the church, we have to be the people who have the courage to be vulnerable, to show up and be seen, to ask people, what do you need? Because this is what I need. And to say actually how you're feeling and to have the hard conversations. As I was preparing for this message, I think we can take out of context so much. Not, we don't even look at the context of the nativity. Like, some of us have been raised with it. I was four or five years old when I rocked the role of the angel Gabriel in St. John Ridgeway Nativity. Rocked it, people. But we've become so used to it. Oh, Mary, the angel came, yes, okay. And then, and then she went and, blah, and she got on the donkey and she went to Bethlehem and had the baby in a stable. Something that we don't think about right now in, as we're in the 21st century, birth is very medical. If someone's pregnant, they get a doctor. They go to hospital. If they're in danger, they have a medical intervention. It's become very medical, but, which is great because obviously it's lowered maternal deaths and etc. But throughout history, birth wasn't medical, it was about community. There wasn't a big book of midwifery. There wasn't midwives for dummies. There wasn't anything. Back in the ancient tradition was the midwives learned from the generation before, from the generation before. And they learned from each other, and they learned from birth. They actually learned from doing it. And 
it was just passed on and women gathered around women to birth. So if you were having a baby, your mum was probably going to be there, your great aunt Bessie was probably going to be there. All the women who had experienced it would have been around the birthing mother. And if you think about Mary being 14, 14, 15, it's very scary to think about this young woman finding out she's going to have a baby. And she finds out she's going to have a baby because of God. So it's all super exciting. Okay, so it's kind of fair to think, oh, who, okay, I'm going to have a midwife. I'm going to have that midwife that I knew about from you know, my sister's birth. Or I'm going to have my mom and this aunt. And she would have created her birth plan because that's what you do. And she would have birthed in Nazareth in her own bed. Super safe. But then this massive curveball came. Caesar ordered a census for every human in the Roman territory. And you have to take it. Whether you're pregnant or not, you've got to partake. So there she was, and we've heard about the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But I read this article. Um, James Strange, he is a New Testament and biblical uh, professor at the University of South Florida. And he basically says, They had to travel around 90 miles to the city of Joseph's ancestors, south along the flatlands of the Jordan River, and then west over the hills surrounding Jerusalem. It was grueling. And the unpaved hilly trails and harsh weather were not the only hazards. Joseph and Mary would have had to have faced their journey south. One of the most terrifying dangers in ancient Palestine was a heavily forested valley of the River Jordan, Lions and bears lived in those woods, and travelers had to fend off wild boars. When I was nine months pregnant, I did not want to even get up and go to the bathroom. Forget having to do all that. You know, you just, it's not what you want to do when you're nine months pregnant. You can barely lollop around. Forget actually getting onto a donkey and traveling 90 miles, risking your life because the government has told you to. And what really struck me is Mary had to adjust her expectations. Everything that she had planned in her head that she thought God had said to her, she had to adjust her expectations. She had to journey to Bethlehem. She had to go to a very unknown town. She had to give birth, so scary, without her mom, without her people, without her security all around her. No midwife. Where would you find a midwife in the middle of that? And when they get there, she finds out she can't even birth in a safe place. She can't even, there's no Hampton Inn, there's no room. They're told the only place we have is a stable. And the thing about stables, they're not safe. They weren't safe for humans. They were smelly. Ever been to a stable? Doesn't smell exactly very nice. It was a place that was cold. It'd be drafty. The doors didn't close properly. It was unhygienic. When I birthed, and every single woman in the Western Hemisphere, when we birth, we have choices. Honestly, mine were as shallow of, do I have a tub or an epidural? Do I use lavender essential oils, or do I use this essential oils? Josh, can you please get the iPhone out and find my work, the, the, the playlist that I've been compiling for the past three months? I mean, it was much more all about my comfort and about me focusing. But for Mary, she had all these unexpected, 
really harsh conditions to deal with. How many of us have felt like 2020 came with really harsh conditions that we were not expecting to deal with? So many people that we have known have got COVID. So many people, job loss. I mean, we arrived here in May from Virginia, but people are like, oh, you're arriving because so many people are leaving LA right now because of just it, job loss is so expensive and they can't afford things. Many people during this time have experienced demotions because companies have had to restructure because they can't afford to survive. And then even aside from COVID, there's been sickness. It's such a reality in our world. Cancer, dementia, the world is not perfect and this stuff happens. Fear, isolation, and I think a big one that I admire Mary for is being, doing something when the government told her to do something she didn't want to do. I was like, wow, she just took it on the chin. And quite honestly, so many people right now feel unsafe. We feel out of control because we don't know how long all of this is going to go on for. And we just feel, many of us are like, there's no room at the inn. We kind of feel like we're ousted and we don't belong. And we can barely breathe financially. And it's just been a real painful time. But going back to the reading a couple of verses before, the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. So what's the good news? You know, Mary had to travel, risked her life, maybe some wild boars, gets there, finds out there's no room for her. She has to give birth completely alone. What is the good news? The good news is that everything about the life of Jesus was prophetic. Jesus is the arrow that points us to the Father. In John 14, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and we all know this scripture. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To know me is to know my Father too. Then a few verses later, he says, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show the Father to you? For who, who, anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Even at his birth, Jesus was showing us the Father. He was showing us Matthew 1, 23. Emmanuel, God is with us. In that stable, in the draftiness, the smell, unhygienic, the fear, all that stuff, God was with Mary. God was with man. God came. And so the good news is that great joy was found in that stable. It was an unexpected journey. It was an unexpected time. It was a time where Mary and Joseph, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago. It wasn't Joseph's dream to marry a woman who was already pregnant. There were so many adjustments that they had to make. And I think for us personally, in sickness, in job loss, in isolation, in fear, 
in bad news, in crazy times, in divorce, when kids are going off the tracks, when things are not happening the way I thought they were going to happen. You know, I can really imagine Mary going, this is not what I signed up for. Same with Joseph, this is not what they expected. But seriously, in the poop of life, in that stable, Emmanuel, God was with them. God is with us. And so, this Christmas, I think the joy that I am starting to walk through is realizing no matter how disappointing and how dire the circumstances may be for us, no matter how painful, no matter how convenient, God is with us. I was thinking about King David and when we talk about him a lot in church or with kids, it's always King David and he was this mighty man. But David was actually the runt of the family. Samuel came to anoint him king, and the brothers and his dad were like, uh, no, he's not here, because he was the runt of the family. He was rejected. He was sent out to the fields to take care of the shepherds because that's all he was worth in their eyes. He could have carried that rejection. Instead, what he did is he learned to worship God, and he picked up slings, and he learned how to fight off the lions, and he learned how to defend his, his sheep. He learned to just dwell in that moment and make the most of the circumstance. And he is the man that took down Goliath. All the Navy SEALs of Israel were terrified. Every single one of the elite was terrified except the man who had been rejected, the man who nobody thought was any good, but the man who had made the most of his situation. And it just reminds me that when we surrender and we lean in and we say, God, you are bigger than this. You are bigger than Mary having to give birth alone. You are bigger than David being rejected. You are bigger than all these situations that say right now that I am not qualified, I am disqualified. How many of us have been on a trajectory, whether it's our career or our relationships, and it's ended and we cannot get back up? How many of us have been in those places and I thank God that David got back up because David defeated Goliath, and he went on to be King David. I thank God that Mary actually kept going, and she didn't give up. These examples in the Bible show us that when God is with us, there is nothing that cannot help. We, as we move forward, God will meet us, and he will be glorified, and the brokenness will turn into beauty. Jesus' birth ended up being something of absolute beauty that the Son of God came and was born in the stable. And the, the joy is knowing that our story isn't over. America is not going to end in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. We are going to make it through, and there is going to be a new season and a new day. Whatever you are facing personally, it is not the end of you. It is not the end of you. If you're still alive, <laughs> your story is not over. And the joy is knowing 
that despite these situations and these dire circumstances, everything isn't awesome, but we're not alone. We're part of a bigger story, and we are loved, and we are called, and we're not here by chance. It's with purpose. You see, a very powerful word of Mary. This is how she encountered joy, the very beginning. As soon as she met with the angel, she said something very dangerous. Let it be to me as your word, Lord. She didn't say, let it be to me as I want it, or I planned it, or I intended it. Let it be to me as your word, Lord. Jesus said something very similar just before he was crucified. He said, please, God, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Think about if you were watching church last week, Adam's testimony. And he's someone who's been part of the vintage community and the last few years have been so, so hard for him. He's lost jobs, financial setbacks. He said he lost his car and his apartment. But he didn't give up. He didn't give up. He surrendered. He kept moving forward. He kept believing and trusting that his story is not over. And as we heard last week, next week, he moves to New York. He's got a fantastic job in his field, job security, paid to do what he's really great at. But it's that mentality. We have to shift from the things are not working out the way I thought to things are not working out the way I thought, but God is bigger. Things are not working out the way I expected, but he is going to make his name great in my life. Things are harder, things are more painful, but my God is with us, Emmanuel, God is with us. We are not fighting this alone. And one of the versions of the uh, scripture we had, it said that Jesus is a rescuer. I think that in my heart excites me because we are rescued from these dire circumstances. We have help in those times of need. You know, when, so I gave birth three times, and um, they're over there making all the noise, and twice I did the midwifery route. I did the midwives. And what I discovered when I birthed is pain is progress. If you're not in pain, the baby's not coming. If, you, if you're feeling like you can sit down and have a margarita, you're not in labor. But when you are in pain and when you can feel the shift in your body, it means you are one step closer to seeing the new life. And the joy this Christmas, not even this Christmas, but every Christmas, the joy is not that everything is awesome. It's not that you know, oh, my kids got into Harvard or whatever. You know, we all walk around and we talk about all the good things. The joy is the pain we're experiencing. It means we're moving forward and it means there's purpose. It means that God is with us and we are partnering with Emmanuel himself and that new life is coming. It's so hard in those moments when we feel like everything that we have expected and everything that we have sown into, our businesses, whatever it may be, 
and it's not turned out the way we think, we feel like a complete failure. But what God is saying is, Emmanuel, I am with you. Adjust your expectations, surrender. We think surrender is just such a bad word almost, like we're just going to give up and have absolutely, just be walkover. It means make room. It means make room for your expectations. I personally am a planner, I'm a producer. When things don't work out my way, I can get a little frustrated. And what I have learned is that just like Mary, in that brokenness was beauty. There is beauty in the brokenness. And there is such hope. There is such, such hope. Daniel, could so I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap up now. But as we wrap up, I want us just to take a minute just to think, meditate, open our hearts to the Lord and address those situations where we have had our expectations frustrated, our expectations um, just dashed because what we dreamed for our lives, what we dreamed for this season hasn't come to pass. And literally opening our hearts and saying, God is with us, Emmanuel. If Mary can do what Mary did as a 14-year-old young girl, and if we if we can see what David did, getting over his own brokenness, his own rejection. Come to the Father right now. Just gonna pray, Father. Father, we make room for you right now.